Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hi, this is the audio version of the Cultaholic Classic Nitro Review. You can watch the video version and take part in a future episode by going to patreon.com forward slash Cultaholic. It's showtime, folks! This is where the big boys play, huh? Woo! Classic Nights Fair Review. Here we are again, back once again with some ill behaviour, going back through every episode of Nitro ever because apparently we were awful in a previous life. Who be we? I've been <laughs> fake Jordy and Radio presenter. It does make you wonder, doesn't it? I think I was horrible. Yeah. I, I think I was like, I think I was maybe like a soldier for a terrible army, and this is my, this is my penance. <laughs> You just you you pass I think away. I kicked in that a chicken. You move into the fifth dimension, and they're just like, "Yeah, you're gonna watch WCW." I was just following orders. <laughs> We've heard that before, son. I think during Game of Thrones time, I kicked a chicken. <laughs> oh, chicken chaser! Yeah, I'd be, so I be chicken chaser Tom Campbell with fellow chicken chaser and former WCW kid Sound Driver. I'm not chicken chaser. I can't remember what my fable nickname was, but it was not chicken chaser. Can you get a until I got super evil? And like got really powerful with the wings and the horns and everything. And then I became Chicken Chaser again because it was just hilarious. Look at you pulling back Fable. Oh, it's it's, boy, it's coming back. Is it? Yeah, yeah, they're doing like a whole reboot and everything. I missed that meeting. Yeah, no. How, what, on the Xbox? Uh, yeah, on, well, Windows and uh, Xbox, I imagine. I, I really liked Fable because it was one of those, it was very early on in those games where you went, you can be a goodie or a baddie. Back when I could semi-trust Peter Molyneux because I was a kid <laughs> and I didn't understand the wider world of his games and what would come. But yeah, the Fable 1 through 3, I adore, like... Four, I'm hoping it's going to be banging, and mm-hmm. you know it's in the right hands. Microsoft know how big it can be. Yes, so, yes. Yeah. Oh, that's exciting, man. Yeah. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, I you... just want black and white to come back as a VR game, though, because imagine being able oh! to pick up your little people and just swing them around and fling them out to sea when they do something you don't like. Oh, you monster! I love black and white. Molyneux, stop making random games and get black and white on VR. Go Listen, on. Molyneux. <laughs> 
<laughs> I know you don't own the rights anymore, Molyneux. <laughs> Go and get the rights. And while you're at it, theme hospital. And promise me like 50 things that don't make the cut. That's the big thing <laughs> with the theme. <laughs> yeah, it's just over, over promise what you're yeah. going to give us, please, Peter Molyneux. But it got me hyped. Can we still play Black and White anywhere? Is it one of those yeah, PC games been lost to the ethers? No, it, like loads of that stuff's on Steam now. Ah, that's like, cool. You can then. play like SimCity 2000 still, and yeah. See, I see. The original God mode was Black and White. Black and White was it was populous beforehand, right? Which was molding you again. Yeah, like, but I think God mode was in terms of like the full blown God mode. Black and White was perfect. Yeah, because you were literally a god, and yeah. you could do miracles and throw people, and they yeah. worship you more <laughs> or hate you more. I love that stuff. How's your week been? Yeah, it's been all right. I yeah. uh, went to Magic Weekend uh, Saturday. Got. With with my mates who are Wigan fans, uh, we were sat in the Wigan enclosure on the Gallagher end, and uh, Wigan were doing all right against St Helens. Which I mean, if you don't know rugby league, it's a pretty pretty beefy rivalry. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm just there with my mates who are Wigan fans, and uh, yeah, Wigan kind of threw it away at the last minute. Everything went a bit <laughs> sideways. St Helens won, and then in the midst of all of this, as St Helens were making the comeback, there were Castleford fans behind us. And there were like two or three arrests because they just started kicking off wow. and like hurling abuse and the Wigan fans obviously bit. And then there were a couple of really drunk people in front of us just getting all of the laser death stares who were just like standing up and just started singing St. Helen's songs. And it was like this old bloke who was with him was like, sit down, like grabbing him by his T-shirt <laughs> sleeve and everything. Uh, so, yeah, that was uh, a fun, eventful. For those who don't know, um, let's describe the Magic Weekend. So it's, it's like a rugby weekender. Isn't so it? let's describe rugby. So egg-shaped ball uh, <laughs> comes in two types. So you've got union, which is like more of a battle. If somebody like gets tackled with the ball, you continue play and it goes on league. It's sort of like the American down system in in NFL. Like you get so many goes. So, you know, once you go to the ground, everybody kind of breaks off and then the game goes again. So it's a lot faster, a lot harder hitting. Uh, But the Magic Weekend, uh, it's six games a day over two days at St. James's Park or wherever they hold it. And uh, yeah, it's it's uh, very loud, very boozy, and very violent. So full on like rugby spectacular. <laughs> yeah, that well, just pulls in casuals and it's, hardcore. It's I've seen several like viral videos from Magic <laughs> Weekend, but the you know the Superman punch one. It looks yeah. like that was then as well. Was so, it? Yeah. Was that for the Magic Weekend? Yeah, because they're outside of bar next to St James's, and I'm sure one of them's oh, in a league top. And it wow. was like, oh, buddy. It's a shame because rugby tends to bring just in eats shit a, a nicer yeah. quality fan, like a little less aggressive but it, it differs but you know when, when, you've, got, when you've got like uh heated rivalries taking place and you've got you know league tends to be i'm not i don't want to generalize this but league tends to have quite larry fans whereas mm. union tends to be a bit more kind of oh well we didn't do well today but you know it, there's fans like that in all sports isn't there but it, it's it's just sort of league uh has a bit of a reputation for being a bit argy bargy a bit fighty bit 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 drinky bit yeah it's, it's it's a lot of fun unless you're on the receiving end <laughs> then yeah then it's not so much fun yeah it's it was there was a beautiful moment though where the saint helens fans and wigan fans around us agreed that it was most important that they stay for the leeds game so they can boo leeds because they all hate leeds ah oh. it was like yeah that's the Joining true spirit together through a, a dislike of leeds <laughs> my my enemy's enemy is my friend 
Yeah. And true, a true sporty weekend, because you were at the Magic Weekend. Yeah. Was that Saturday night? Were you at that? Yeah, was, Saturday. Yeah. And went down Steph's and chilled after that. Nice, because I was at uh, the Anarchy Brewery yeah. for North Wrestling I Saturday night. I saw you made a big return. I did a little run in as a ring announcer for the night. Just a little surprise for the anniversary show. How does show. it feel having your first wrestling retirement do what wrestling retirements do? Well, I'm glad I did it in the same month that Ric Flair's last match is happening. That okay. felt appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> to go, I'm retired. Not really. Here I am. I enjoyed it. I'm, I'm not going to be back full time. It was just a little dip in the water yeah, for yeah. the anniversary. Yeah. Ah, nah, yeah. I got time, mate. Yeah. Like, literally, they, I said the next, they, they, they announced the next show and I went, there's a heads up. four hours you spend a week sleeping. So Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I could squeeze something in there. Yeah. Who sleeps for the dead? I did. I, I did say to Bowers, Andrew Bowers, who runs North, and I said, "Look, just f- just full disclosure. You've just announced the next show. I'm flying on my holiday that day. <laughs> I definitely can't do it. <laughs> if I did, Alex would kill me. So definitely can't do that one." But got sorry, to, Alex, got I've got to go. Go do a show. Back to. I'll meet you there. Take the luggage. I'll meet you in the Moldy. Um, good luck, Amy. Uh, I got to meet Scott Hugh Hotty. That was yeah. cool. What a guy! Yeah. Oh my God, he's a Geordie now. Scott is a Geordie. Scott better be a Geordie for life yeah he's brilliant you will see a video doing the rounds from north because uh, it was Scotty Duhotty versus Joe Hendry yeah and Joe Hendry's back on the indies and the theme songs are back yes These, the custom music from Joe Hendry's back and he does a brilliant cover of Bon Jovi uh, Living on a Prayer to, <laughs> called Shite People's Elbow which is a tribute to the worm <laughs> The worm's too slow whoa a shite people's elbow <laughs> It's amazing. And he came out dressed as Scotty. Oh, mwah. <laughs> Scotty loved it. Scotty bloody loved it. He loves Newcastle. He says he's coming back. He better. He's nice. And Axel Tisha was there as well. Yeah. The Axeman from Imperium. Yeah. Rocked up. It was nice. a good, good night at North. Good night at North. And then, uh, I had to, then I had to leave very early because the next morning I was on BBC Radio Newcastle interviewing somebody from the Jesus Christ Church of Latter-day Saints. So it was a varied weekend. <laughs> How did that one go? Fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he was fine. Because the, the Book of Mormon's on at Newcastle. Yeah, that's what I figured it was related to. So it was like, mm. how tonally was it? Uh, they're yeah. lovely. Everybody I've met from Jesus Christ Church at Latter-day yes. Saints, they're always really polite. And they're always really friendly. And they were keen to say that they're outside the venue. They're not protesting it. Likewise, there was... They're, f- they're fact-finding. Everybody I've met from the church has been awesome, except for this one guy who oh. was a rival... He was in a rival company to like my company at the time, my friend. Right. And he would, he, I don't know, there was something sinister about how happy he was as he just kind of took work from you. And oh. kind of, it was like, oh, okay. <laughs> there was like an edge to we'll like. Stay clear of these people. Oh, that's a... You can have those clients. Oh, so he was a bit edgy with you. N- not so bit. much edgy. It was just sort of like, it was like unsettlingly polite. And it was like, oh, ah. like, like, yeah. <laughs> That's it. Kind of like, yeah, I don't know. It was, it was just kind of a bit like, um, well, I can't mm. be mad at you because you're so nice, but can you stop taking my clients, please? <laughs> you should be very wary of people that are nice all the time. <laughs> and, and you might think, what about you, Tom? No, I'm, I'm an arsehole sometimes, so yeah, I'm all right. Yeah, three drinks in him, and you've got to make sure he's just away from everybody oh, else. You just start swinging. I'm a piece of shit. I really am. <laughs> I won't want to be around me. I won't want to be around me. Uh, but we are back in time now, 1996. That's why Sam Driver and I are here. Uh, we're watching every episode of Monday Nitro from the very beginning. <laughs> I know. It's, it's a nice. It's nice to get you away from your we've editing. Watched, we've watched one uh, one episode about <laughs> fifty five times now. <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. For for Sam, it's just a nice little break for his eyes from his editing suite. It's yeah, <laughs> just to come Except, and watch. Uh, what I'm filling my eyes with is just pain. <laughs> just 
painful on every Gosh. level. It's and a joy. This week we are. Oh no! We'll, we'll not. We don't get into the show straight away, do we? We do all of the lead-in bump. We do the lead-in bump. Yes. I'll give you a bit of lead-in bump. All right. Uh, so we'll, what we'll do is I'll tell you what's been happening in the wrestling world. I'll give you a little bit about the real world first of all. Number one in the U.S. Billboard charts is Mariah Carey. What Mariah, a sweet day! If you could just fucking get off top. <laughs> it's, it's starting to feel like we record the same podcast about the same episode every week. Is the Earth song still at the top of the U.K. charts? No. Oh, thank God. It's not. Oh, what we got? George Michael, Jesus to a Child. It's not great, but I'll take it. First of six singles from his third studio album, Older. Uh, Esther Ranson revealed after his death. Because she found it. Esther Ranson. Yeah, Esther Ranson getting a mention on the classic Nitro (laughs) review. What a joy that is. Well, that's the forbidden door, that is. Uh, She founded Childline, and she revealed that George Michael donated all of the royalties from this single to Childline. Yeah, that's class. George Michael was quietly a really lovely guy. We've heard lots of this since his death. Like, a lot of money went to charity. He helped a lot of people out. Didn't make a fuss about it. And then he's he's the right sort of guy. Nice. Leaving Las Vegas, number one in the UK box office. Yeah. Banging film. Yeah, $49.8 million grossed at the box office. On an insanely small budget. Insanely small yeah. budget. Uh, US number one, From Dusk Till Dawn. Yeah. Good night. We're, we're currently in the middle of the Tarantino wave. So yeah. we've had Reservoir Dogs, we've had Four Rooms, we've had um, Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. I don't think we've quite reached Jackie Brown as Jackie Brown's Summer of 96. Yes. I think, yeah, so uh, Tarantino, of course, wrote from dusk till dawn so uh yeah it's sort of not surprising it's a banging movie yeah i i, I love that it starts off as one thing and halfway through just jump cuts into something anything, completely different anything that completely subverts your expectations is the boy like yeah. uh the film kill list is one of my all-time favorites and it starts off with like these two old kind of mercenary blokes like in their 40s they're not really in the armed forces anymore but they've been Picking up some side work here and there, doing dodgy things and getting rid of certain people and making a mint doing it. But it's been a while and the lead character kind of needs to get back out there and earn some money. And so they've got this list of people they've got to take out. But slowly as it progresses, it just gets weirder and weirder until there's just this flash change. And it's like, and the entire genre of the film just flips. And it's just like, this is amazing. Absolutely, that's amazing. great when that happens. Though yeah. when you give, when you get something like that, they're just completely twisted. Do you watch a lot of? Do you watch um, Inside Number Nine? No, not particularly. Like, you like I need Inside to Number watch. Nine? Everybody's like, you need to watch it. I'm like mm. a big fan of Pemberton and I'm just just League of Gentlemen in general. Uh, so anything they do, magical. It's very much your cup of tea because yeah. it is. It, it varies in terms of tone, but it always subverts. Yeah. And, and I never quite, I think maybe on two occasions I've seen the twist coming out of all 30 yeah. episodes. Well, I'll check it out. If you check out the films of Ben Wheatley. Ben Wheatley. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll put a pin in Ben Wheatley. Do it. Because he's, he's fucking awesome. Fin- he needs more. A pin in Ben Wheatley now. <laughs> um, Golden Globes were held yesterday on okay. this particular day. One noteworthy thing from the Globes, uh, there is the Mr. Golden Globe, who's a young person, normally a boy or a girl, who assists in the Golden Globe Award presentations by okay. handing trophies to the winners. This year, the Golden Mr. Golden Globe was a young boy by the name of Freddie Prince Jr. Never heard of him. Not going to go far in acting <laughs> or the wrestling world. He certainly will never write for the wrestling. No, and he'll never think about starting up his own promotion or <laughs> star as, say, Fred in a Scooby-Doo movie. 
That was silly. Of course yeah, not. It'd be a ridiculous thing to Terrible. do. Terrible. He's only good at holding trophies. <laughs> I bet he nearly dropped one because he'd have had nervous, sweaty hands. Oh, he's got the sweatiest of all the hands. That's what I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is weird though, isn't it? Like, I love back, stuff like, like that. Where, you know, it, it's like you'll see just a face... And it's not till years later. It's when you see like the shots of Sasha Banks and stuff meeting stars or current, like anybody on the current WWE roster at like fan events or in the crowd. Mm. It's like, whoa, this is like surreal. I get quite excited now knowing like, you know, you see these people who like, you know, Triple H's entrance where you had like Sasha Banks, Alexa Bliss and Charlotte Flair all on the throne with Triple H. I get quite excited now when you see like those extras around a wrestler and you think, ooh, one of those going to be... No, because you've got thing. the Cena one with like 400 Cenas and what? We got Punk out of that? <laughs> no, no, Punk was the... Um, Punk, uh, was, Punk the, was the, the, the sidecar. Punk was the sidecar, yeah. yeah so Punk what, was... what happened to the 400 Cenas? Um, Does anybody know what happened I to the 400 Cenas? I believe that's AEW now. <laughs> <laughs> I need an update on the 400 Cenas. Yeah, <laughs> at least, uh, well, at least, uh, at least two, th- at least three quarters of them got cast in the 300. From what well, I, know. I was going to say, could 300 Spartans take John One Cena massive leading the Ottoman Empire? <laughs> Ooh. No. They don't I don't get think there down. would be an Ottoman Empire with John Cena leading it. He's too nice. <laughs> or would it be one of those situations where when you give him ultimate level of power, he just turns evil? Oh, so like it would corrupt Cena. Yeah, in a way, because he would he would be like, I'm doing something right. And he'd decide on like a good thing and he would make that his mission, but then it would ultimately corrupt him and then there'd have to be a Cena slayer. No, I don't I don't know whether he's corruptible. I think he is. Ultimate Cause, power. Because he's kind of got ultimate power and he uses it for good. There was that Ukrainian yeah. boy who um that got forced out of his home. Yeah. And was a massive John Cena fan and couldn't understand sort of what was going on, but, but I sort think of comfort in John Cena. So John Cena chartered a flight to go and see him. It was incredible. But yeah. I think until we see John Cena leading an army of, say, 1,000 Ottoman-era soldiers uh, with berserkers and, you know, the, all the Frank Miller, you know, style, mm. uh, we need Zack Snyder. This is what we need to do 302. <laughs> Cena Boogaloo. What would that look like? John! <laughs> <laughs> John Cena leading the Ottoman Empire. Make sure that you get that horrible green filter that Zack Snyder just proper loves to rub <laughs> up against and lick. <laughs> That's reminded me. My call to John has reminded me. We get lots of nice messages, don't we, you and I? Yes. About this wonderful show that yes. we do. Right? Sometimes... Um, People actually watch and listen. It's surreal, isn't it's, it? It's ridiculous. <laughs> I don't know what, what you... you know, Mr. Frosty! Is there nothing else you could do in that hour? Connects is <laughs> awesome. But here's the thing. Sometimes I get messages through, and um, I actually haven't prepped you on this, uh, and uh, they get lost in my DMs, in the back end of the DMs, so I don't yeah. see them. And, and then I, a few months later, I go, oh, gosh, that was cool, right? So, to prevent that from happening again, okay. we now have an official Cultaholic Classic Review mailbag. So here's what we do. Get here's what in. you do. Get if you've got in. any thoughts on Nitro, anything you want to contribute, maybe you were at a Nitro. Maybe you just want to throw some 96 maybe toys you ate, at us. Maybe you ate at the fucking Nitro Grill oh in my. fabulous Las Vegas, and you can tell me exactly how that menu was. Maybe, just maybe, Pasta Mania uh, inflamed your Crohn's, and I yeah, want to hear about it. it ran wild all over your digestive <laughs> system, brother. We want to know. I want, we want all, all the grizzly deets. And you can do that by emailing classic at cultaholic did hulk hogan ever grab you from the front row and start just wailing on you <laughs> as the cameras were looking another direction and then when you know with cameras turned around he's let go and went nobody will believe you and if brother. and if he did tell us we will believe you 100 percent, and we won't question it yeah 
Cut just a, anything, anything you've got, yeah. any juicy dirt you've got on Nitro, as you know, it's a very important and timely matter. Mm. You, you pass it our way. We'll make sure to report on it. Classic at cultaholic.com. Were there five peppies? Nobody oh. knows. There must have been more. There might one. have been. Let's mm. get tinfoil hat on the go. Yes, please. Yeah. Oh, tinfoil hat and more. There you go. Drop us an email, classic at cultaholic.com. Do it, you cowards. <laughs> Uh, let's take a look at the wrestling world uh, throughout the week. Uh, Eric Bischoff has been on the WCW hotline. Surprise, surprise. $1.29 an hour. Uh, he's responded. An hour? A minute. I was going to say, it's very <laughs> generous. An hour's a bargain, isn't it? <laughs> Wowzers. That's Eric. That's, that's Wi-Fi in an airport. What did you have for dinner? <laughs> You'd stretch that conversation. Yeah. Uh, Bischoff responded to the WWF. If they're not allowed to hang up on you, <laughs> you've got to hang stay. on. I'm just nipping to the loo. <laughs> I just put it on the side for 20 minutes. <laughs> Occasionally, just bang a pan. Near <laughs> Bischoff's just got to sit there for an hour. Fucking, oh, I've got stuff to do. Can you hear me pissing, Eric? Yes, I can hear pissing, Jonathan. Um, Is it world championship level. <laughs> the greatest piss in the history of our sport. Um, so Bischoff has responded to the WWF skits uh, in a segment with Mike Tanay on the hotline. Yeah. He says that he didn't think it was a... Uh, so he talked about that and a number of other things. But first yeah. of all, he talked about going head-to-head with Monday Night Raw, which he didn't think was a gamble because he said, our company's just got better talent. So of course it's we're going to It's got loads win. of guys, right? And nothing can ever go wrong when you have this many egos in one building. Exactly. It can't be no problem it at all. It just means more ideas, guys. Mm. He says the pay-for-you buy rates in wrestling have been dropping for the last 18 months, so it's not Nitro's fault that the ratings well, the are business, going down. Business is on its arse. It is on its arse. Like, it's across time. the board, it's on its arse. So when people are kind of posting mm. good numbers, it's, it is something to be kind of held up and looked at because, you know, at this time... Wrestling is dog shit, largely, yes. at the, the elite level. It's dog shit. This is the shit of the dog. Uh, as for the billionaire Ted skits, Bischoff says, clearly it's desperation. Yep. Clearly it's a desperate man doing desperate things. Uh, and he's uh, he believes the best defense in WCW's case from now on is an aggressive offense. And he's going to continue pushing on with an aggressive offense. He's not going to slag off WWF anymore. No, no, not, not for hmm. about another two months. But we've got, uh, you know, he's right in this because ultimately the last thing you can possibly do is make fun of somebody or try to. And, you know, they've run out of every form of recourse. They can't just sign away a WCW wrestler as much as they'd probably love to have done because Sting wouldn't have left. And, you know, you'd have to get somebody like a Sting or a Flair again. Uh, it's largely just, you know, they're trying to do this whole new generation thing that's not panning out. And, yeah, well, don't watch those guys because they're old and they suck. Way! So you were using them two years ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They were fine. They were fine a minute ago. Now they're shit. Okay, hon. Uh, Bischoff not happy with the Goldust gimmick, saying, Vince, if that's the epitome of your creativity, I feel sorry for oh, you. Oh, just you fucking wait, Eric. <laughs> just you wait. Yeah, we get the weird era with the, the artist formerly known as, but it's it, Goldust is just, it goes on to become one of the most enduring, yeah. loved gimmicks i mean christ when he made the return it was it like 2014 2015 or something and it was just like shit it's gold dust gold dust back and it was i don't know like i do believe it's largely a pretty shit gimmick i'm a you know hollywood wannabe i am painted all gold like an award statue everything's dripping in gold it, that's about as deep as it gets and he's a bit weird mm. and a bit androgynous and the rest was just the fans filling in the blanks themselves and making themselves get into a stupor over it. And I think you're right in terms of it being enduring. Like yeah. I genuinely, I, it wouldn't happen because obviously he's very tied to AEW. But if that timpani hit, yeah, tomorrow 
or on like on an episode of Raw. Yep. I think there'd be a pop. There'd be yeah. love. I mean, it wouldn't, it wouldn't go it. anywhere, but it would definitely get a pop. Be amazing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they wouldn't do much with it. Uh, he continues to... Basically, a lot of what Bischoff says is it's sympathy for Vince McMahon. He says, I feel sorry for I Vince McMahon if he has to hire imposters to draw a number on his pay-per-views, referring to the Huckster versus Nacho Man match, which is scheduled for the pre-show at WrestleMania 12. Which, legally, it has to be because the network that owns... Well, the network that runs WWF is also tied to the network work that runs wcw i believe and mm. so they went knock it the fuck off <laughs> stop it it's you more like do this on tv and vince but i'll do it on pay-per-view then it's more the case of they won't run it on pay-per-view because they would be very likely to have a lawsuit open to them yeah if they're claiming hulk hogan and macho man on it's, pay-per-view it's, it's yeah so, so they'll it, do it on the pre-show they'll do it on the free. pre-show which is free and you know it, it's very much heavily mm. Uh, heavily shit mm. and scripted and over the top as you'd expect following the the skits. Uh, Bischoff ends by saying Vince McMahon is the Vern Garnier of the 90s and his time Oof. has come and passed. Oof. Harsh. I mean at one point at one point you could kind of argue it, but fucking hell, we must be eating that crow now. Well, he's had paychecks signed off by Vince McMahon for a long time, didn't yeah. he? So that kind of, that said everything, didn't it? Uh, let's look at this episode of Nitro in particular. Uh, backstage, uh, a WWF legend is looking for work. The Iron Sheik oh, is backstage God. at Nitro in Caesar's Palace, baby. Sheiky baby wants a job. I'm not up to date on Sheik's uh, like injuries or body at this point. Paggard. Like, because, yeah, like he'll have been through a lot. He'd been around before his golden heyday. Mm. Uh, and, you know, he had a long run with that kind of big golden heyday at the end. Uh, and then, you know, coming in now, it's ooh, mm. the unpredictable nature of the Sheik as well. Could you imagine? Yeah, I don't think Could he... Could you imagine having to manage just having the Sheik as part of that roster? <laughs> With everything else going on. You can't on. control him. He's a one-man force. Like, he will just do whatever he pleases, and you've kind of got to move around it. And I think, like... <laughs> You've already got about six tornadoes going through that locker room like fucking hellfire. Go to throw it. in Sheik is like just dropping a nuclear bomb like right in the middle <laughs> of just all these tornadoes. <laughs> but they would have they if they'd hired him, which they don't. No, because they he, wouldn't have resisted doing a Sheik and Hogan. Oh no, they, they'd have to do it again. But there's nothing stopping Sheik in a landscape quite as free and politically moved as WCW seems to be at this period. Uh, there's nothing stopping him just shooting on people because he has genuine genuine incredible like greco-roman amateur traditional wrestling background and uh yeah unpredictable dangerous god avoid it as best you can i mean the best way to avoid sheik is just to power walk to the left you should be fine he won't catch you you mentioned a minute ago it's about a last... big reach like you have to move pretty dash I, I will literally be half an inch further than his reach <laughs> But I, meant, I, mentioned I'll, I will spell press down an eight and spin dash <laughs> out of the way. Um, you mentioned yep. about how like WWF could be, you know, what they need to know tide is to have like some big name come over yeah. their way, right? Uh, before this match, uh, there was a dark match. Before this, before this show, there was a dark match. Saw Johnny B. Bad getting pinned by the Giant in eight seconds. And Johnny B. Bad is reportedly very unhappy about his position in WCW because of matches like this. And there's not much time left on Johnny B. Bad's contract. Imagine him jumping ship. That would be wild, man. Yeah, it'd be crazy, wouldn't it? And, uh, you know, he's he's got the perfect gimmick. 
the literally the perfect gimmick. Yeah. Vince's favorite, I think, or well, one of his favorite musicians of all time, other than ACDC, is uh, not that ACDC is a musician and band, mm-hmm. uh, but it's Little Richard. And yeah. it's such a Little Richard inspired gimmick that Vince, as we know, cannot possibly resist the allure of Johnny B. Bad. And then after he buys him, realizes that it, all that rapping's gone. And then coming back, it's not allowed back. He can't be little Richard, Johnny be bad. And uh, it's a buyer's remorse. (laughs) But we're close to that point. He's just been squashed by the giant and there's no doubt conversations between him and Vince about... Bringing his thing over. Mero's like, up to this point, Johnny B. Bad's over as fuck. Yeah. Um, he has the credentials as an amateur. He's a Golden Gloves winning boxer. I want boxing. Uh, motivational gloves. speaking skills. So he can, he can you know, cut promos like nobody's business if required. Mm. But it's just that it, that rapping was, it turned out, was just a very important part of it. Yeah. But then again, I think it would have bombed with the audience anyway in about a year's time. You reckon they would have just got bored you of got it? a guy coming out with, with glitter and frisbees while Austin's cutting promos. Yeah. Go with Wild Man instead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to Nitro from Caesar's Palace. I've been there. You've been to Caesar's Palace? Been to Las Vegas. Caesar's, been to Caesar's, Palace. Caesar's Palace. It's a desolate, barren hellscape that has um, one-armed bandits and musicals. Caesar's Palace! Yes! <laughs> it's... <laughs> massive it's absolutely fucking gargantuan it's scary how like within seconds of being in the building you can't see an exit because you know no windows no anything they design that way in it they don't you know what time of day it is Mm. they want to kind of keep you there as long as possible but it's just winding like to get for us to get to the conference hall for starcast's way at the way in at starcast for uh, double or nothing it was like you'd walk in through the main entrance, you'd kind of cut up and around, back on yourself, up an escalator, along a floor, past a load of tables, up an escalator, and you'd end up in this giant hallway that could hold a plane in it, and then up five more escalators or some shit, and then around the corner, and boom, there's like convention hall one. And then like 200 meters down, and around another corner was the way in. And it was like, fuck. It was like walking five miles to get to something you could see from the outside's windows. Just like, it's just up there. (laughs) And that's a very deliberate tactic, isn't it? To snake you in. I will say it's beautiful. Mm. Like you you just walk around it and it's just opulent. It's just like shit. It's like being literally in a palace. So they nailed that completely. But it's just Jesus. I mean, Christ, there's a balcony where you could just see pools on pools on pools, like heading down the strip and stuff. Nuts. Like genuinely... Would go back to Vegas, would probably have a bad time, but would go back to Vegas. <laughs> Come back with like just think, your trousers. We were only there for two and a half days when we went for, for work. And so it was, there was a lot to do video wise. So we didn't really get to see much of it. Mm. So I'd like to be able to go see the sites and then be like, right, I'm never going back there again. Yeah. <laughs> I can't afford to go back there again. Well, I, I came out up. I came out up like $150 or $170 or something. Well, so you are right. one of few yeah. that get into Vegas and Video get out. Video Blackjack, oh. man. Video Blackjack's the boy. Is that the one? <laughs> you, the thing is, you'll be tempted when you go back to go straight back to Video Blackjack. Yeah, but you've got to get the old machines because they only use two decks. The uh... newer machines use eight decks or like six decks or something. So it's hard to... Like, not that I can count cards or anything. I'm not some kind of super genius. But like, you know if you've seen an ace. Mm. You know if you've seen a king. And it's like, right, I think I've seen two of those. I'll stand. And you kind of do all right. But it's just fun. Like, I don't know. I went out there with like a, I think $150. And I was like, yeah, I've saved that. That can be gambled away with without any complaints. Yeah. <laughs> take, take a little bit of cash with you just if to... If I'd lost it, I'd still be fucking moaning me. about it, but... <laughs> 
Are there any are there any casinos um, near where we're going? And we won't have time, are we? I'm just thinking for our little our, our, our club trip to Cardiff. Our club trip to Cardiff is probably going to consist of shoot a load of videos, go watch a wrestling show, shoot a load of videos, sleep, 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 train, run away again. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's the event stuff is it's very hard because you you want to kind of take in the atmosphere more. You want to kind of do like m- like more stuff while you're there and try and do as much as you possibly can content wise and th- it's just sort of like you've just got to go like it- it's the most stressful busy horrible thing but once everything that needs to be done's done then you can have time but you've just got to hope it's before bars shut and you've got to hope it's mm. before whatever time otherwise you're gonna be walking around cardiff at 2 a.m so mm, with no uh, shoes on yeah <laughs> it's quite nice because that's why i booked me me holiday yeah the weekend after yeah. so it's like this year i'm gonna do that and then yeah. i'll have a few days in the office and i'm like right see you in a few <laughs> weeks back later potato so i'm excited i don't mind just because i i'm happy just to you know burn yeah. the oil all the time but i'm just gonna really burn the oil <laughs> that weekend because then i'm just gonna stop for two weeks i'm very excited we we're talking about our holiday and i'm i know i've got this rep as just being don't stop working yeah. always working working when i go on holiday yeah. i am brilliant at stopping i will just it's go poof. the only time is i've started getting slightly better at it on my weekends but like the only time is if i'm out the country Mm. Like that's where work just disappears. Because there's like you're out of the country, you can't really help anyway. Well, that's what my dad always said, like, yeah. I can't do anything from here anyway, so there's yeah. no point worrying about anything. And that's so it's that for you, is it? When you just go like Essentially, yeah. It's just sort of like I, you know, take work home a lot. So it, it's mm. like you just gotta try and get that mindset. But you, ultimately you can't because if you after a while like there's gotta be a set level of it. Yeah. Of workaholicness, because if not, like, you know, you, you've got to keep things moving forward. Mm. And I don't ever want to be able to look and say to myself, like, well, if I'd just done that or I'd just done this, it's like just get it all done. Get yeah. Get it all done. That's that's get it workaholic. All done. <laughs> that's workaholier for you. Yep. Um <laughs> It's but, a lot of fun. But, but but when you're away, you're like me. You're very good at just going and stop. Alex thinks she is. Yeah. She thinks she is. Okay. And she's like, I can't wait. I'm going to do. I'm just going to do. No one lie on the beach and that ever. I know what will happen. We'll get three days in, and I'll be sat on the beach on my third day, perfectly content. Yeah. I'll have listened to an audio book. I'll have watched the sunrise and the sunset. Yeah. And she'll go. Now what are we doing? Can we go? Do you want to go? Do you want to go? Do you want to go I'm, hang gliding? I'm like that. It's like no. I'm, I'm like that fine. because I want to. Like I don't like wasting time. So like I and as much as you know a, a day spent enjoying the beach and the sunset isn't a waste of time. It's like right, what we're we gonna do now? Maximize mm. everything. Like if I sleep ah. in for a couple of extra hours, it's like you've wasted time. Get up, do oh, something. You see, need I'm to do it. Like, I need activities and stuff. Like nothing like too mental. But I want to go see some ruins if we're in Greece. Say I want to go mm. look at it. Walk around for a day. Go to a market. Do this. Like rest of the time fine but I, I my brain's just that way where i kind of need a plan and then i can relax mm. once i've got the plan i can kind of cut everything off a bit better could part of the plan be like i could sit in a jacuzzi for six hours maybe <laughs> Quite easily. It, it's like when when me and steph go to tokyo like i'm uh 100 gonna try and catch some form of wrestling show mm. hopefully from a company i don't actively watch so i can just try and enjoy it without thinking about it work-wise and then on top of that, I want to go see uh, Ricky Dozan's uh, like grave site. And uh, there's just wrestling kind of just ties itself into you mm-hmm. after a while. So you've just got to kind of, it's all right. You get an hour of this done. You get a, an evening of this event done. Mm. So it's like, let's try and find something with an exploding ring. 
and let's go. <laughs> let's, let's go see something fucking crazy. Let's go do an exploding ring thing. <laughs> uh, no rings explode on Nitro this week, uh, but some ex- explosive things happen. Now, strap yourselves in if you're watching this Nitro, because Jesus Christ, the first 18 minutes is just information fucking overload. Yeah, because like, like the world's about to end. We're kind of prepping for two shows at once. So yeah. there's Clash of the Champions is coming up in this timeline tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it's they're kind of building to tonight's action. They're the constant, like, oh, there's two world championships on the line and all this stuff and really hammering it in. Uh, but, you know, it, it's all just kicking off. Fucking Conan pops up immediately. So this is where it all begins. We've got, yeah. the, we've got the opening with Mongo, with Eric Bischoff and with Heenan. And as they're doing the opening spiel, talking about the world title match, the tag title match, here is Conan, the Mexican heavyweight champion. K-Dog. K-Dog, straight out. This is Conan's first appearance on WCW television. For a man that is set to become a mainstay and a genuine feature part of it. Yeah. Like, and somebody you actively enjoy whenever he's on screen. It's kind of a like a weird start, isn't it? Weirdest of starts. But completely on brand. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll talk more about Conan next week when we do Clash of the Champions, but he's out here tonight holding his Mexican heavyweight championship, yeah. a title he's defending against Psychosis tomorrow night. He says, he'll, tomorrow I'll leave just as I came in as Mexico's heavyweight champion. And Psychosis is going to be a blueprint of your destruction. <laughs> he also said that. It's a good line, that. It's a good line. He kind of leaves, and there's that, and there's like a beat, and everyone just goes, well, anyway, <laughs> that was a really yeah. interesting bit. And they just went, well, hang on, we've got too many other things to nail in. So yeah. uh, carry on. So we go straight to our opening match. Jesus H. Christ, opening match. Ric Flair versus Randy Savage for the WCW World title. <sighs> A parade of lovely ladies, seven, in (sighs) fact, head to the ring to Savage's music. This is apparently manned games for (sighs) Savage uh, over Flair. We get a little wink to the camera from one of them. (sighs) The one that we get a wink off is woman. Is woman. Woman. Who was recently linked to Ric Flair, but God bless you if you can remember it, because... Mm. They've not mentioned it in a little while. <laughs> Savage out after the seven ladies. <laughs> and, and then it, who comes out? Oh, after Savage says he's going to be steaming hot tonight. Fuck me! Talk fucking Hogan! Fucking Savage's shadow. The limpet on Randy Savage's backside. And it's Hogan again. He essentially says... You are my Bezzy Randers. Please do well. I'm going to beat you later for it, Lel. <laughs> and then commentary's like, one of these women is woman. One of these women is woman. Oh, my God. How's Ric Flair going to react? Oh, Big Liz is coming back ne- next time, too. Oh, my God. Elizabeth's coming back. Oh, one of these women's woman. It's and it's so just like, what much. the fuck, man? So as Flair's walking out, why this... is Hogan gotta be there? Because we've ha- done this whole when you win the title, I get first shot, brother. Fucking five times, five million times. It, it's ah! he can't. Savage can't have the spotlight. No, but every single it time has to be Hogan, Hogan pops and out, Savage. It's just fucking booze. And by association, Randy just hanging out with him and allowing him to just make him look like a bitch. If I were Randy Savage, I'd have knocked Hogan like, fucking spark it's just out like by now. Hogan has been on top of him for this belt. 
for so long that it looks like Randy's basically just kind of going, all right, Hulkster, you get your match. I'll do whatever you say. And it's just fucking... Savage is so patient. I mean, he, he does, after this, finally fucking puts Hulk in his place a bit, but it's just this entire build with, like, I'm getting the title shot, brother. I'm getting the title shot, brother. Oh, it's going to be me versus you. Make sure you get that title, brother. Blah, 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 blah. It's just... You say put him in his place, but I did, no point did I see Randy Savage punch Hulk Hogan in the kidneys. He stopped. He stopped shy of any physical altercation, <laughs> but he, he at least him. says some fucking truths to him, yeah. and the crowd kind of reacts uh, shockingly for the Hulk star. Hogan comes out. He tells him to win the match, and then he leaves again. And then, as you say, Eric Bischoff reveals on commentary one of these women's woman. But as well as that, <laughs> as well as one of these women being woman, if only we could tell which one. Um, <laughs> Who's that it's Pokemon? Like, these women's what? It's the camera is just fixed on Nancy the entire time. Yeah, one she... of these women is what? It's like fucking Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> like... What's the deal with women? Uh, Eric Bischoff reveals on commentary that another woman is coming back. Miss Elizabeth yes. will be reunited with Savage and Hogan tomorrow night at Clash of the Champions. Which, rightfully so. They're like they said it would never happen again. Oh my god, we're gonna have Elizabeth. And then in order of importance, Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage <laughs> yeah. reunited tomorrow. <laughs> oh, and it doesn't end there because also we find out that Kevin Green, the American football man, ahead of the superb owl, is going to be in Hogan and Savage's corner as well. Fuck, this show's been on 10 less than 10 minutes and it's been hi I'm Conan hey there's woman there's some other women Miss Elizabeth's how coming much? back how Kevin much would Smith, a fucking Kevin Green's coming in how much would a fucking pre-record of somebody just going out to training camp or wherever the hell Kevin Green's based with Mongo or with somebody else just to be like blah blah break it up a bit or just do some sort of like satellite call with him or you, just, you can pre-record the fucking lot. Gene's just got to learn the beats of the questions. I don't... Ah, it's, like, it's like they're ah, so anxious about this war that people are going to switch over. We've got to tell you everything now. Can I interest you in everything all of the time? Everything now. Tell you everything now. But the one good thing here is that this means my favourite ever, or one of my favourite ever backstage WCW segments is mere months away. And it all involves Kevin Green. Ooh. It's fucking gold. I can't wait till we get there. The, it's like the best product tie-in slash like inspirational promo oh, thing ever. Okay. The Observer <laughs> writes, there's talk of doing an Elizabeth versus woman rivalry. Because yep. what are these women is women? There has been a lot of controversy. One of these Elizabeths is Elizabeth. <laughs> it's like, it's like, Same it's like uniform. never mind the Buzzcocks, <laughs> the identity parade. Jesus. And one of them is like Jarvis Cocker dresses Elizabeth. They're all on like a fake match from man's shoulder just going. <laughs> Which of these is Elizabeth? <laughs> um, there's talk about a rivalry between woman and Elizabeth. They make you call up as well. It'd be like the WCW hotline's <laughs> taking votes now. There's and they drag it out for nine weeks. Just sorry, I keep it wrong. Oh, no, they drag it out mate. for nine straight weeks until we got through all of the eight imposters and finally <laughs> the only one left was the real Elizabeth. Oh my God. Just keep whittling them down. Yeah. 
<laughs> literally whittling them down. It's a weird mental image that oh. one is. Yeah, so um, there's, contra- there's a lot of controversy regarding Nancy Sullivan. Since it was first learned, the plan was to make her the new Elizabeth and have, have her as Savage's manager yeah. in a feud with Hogan, presumably with Elizabeth as his manager, because Savage can't even have his own wife. Well, he couldn't <laughs> back in the day either. That was the whole problem. No. Yeah. This is... Uh, this is interesting stuff. Uh, Flair gives woman a woo, man, and tries to dance with her, but she slaps him and he takes a beefy bump off of it, which is quite nice. So we've had a, we've had information overload. There's Conan. Elizabeth's coming in. There's a title match now. One of these women's woman. One of these women's woman. Kevin Green. Kevin Green. Okay, we can all. He's a footballer, everybody. Thank God. We can all breathe now and enjoy the show. Bobby Heenan. Hey, did I hear the Road Warriors are coming back? The fuck? <sighs> Bits of going, oh, I was about to say, tomorrow night, Hawk and Animal are here. <laughs> fuck. Why are they booking this like Clash of the Champions was a surprise visit from your Auntie Glenda? Like, why are they booking this like it's, oh, shit, we've got a pay view in a week. They've had weeks and weeks they of have a, fuck all. But they have an hour-long pre-show here, <laughs> in a sense, that they can cram it with as much advertisement as possible. But you could have paced this and you would have You could have paced it a lot better, but if you front load the show with it, that's the bit people might be in there for initially. So if you get all the shit out the way first, then everybody will flick over to something else or whatever. But they they front load all the shit. That's how it works. Mm. You get all the information at the start. And then throughout the night, the information is reiterated to you again and again and again through every match. And it's really one of just the worst parts of the whole back and forth. It's just the repetition, Mm. the repetition, the repetition. And it's not all the time, but when it does happen, it's just like, fuck, I know you've got a big show. But just, Jesus, just give me five seconds to think. Yeah, just just focus on what's happening Which in the ring for a they minute. Have, they could have yeah. really spent the first fucking two or three minutes of this match doing it anyway because it's like watching wrestling underwater. Like, they're so <laughs> slow. It's so laboredly slow. And it's just like, you could have done it so much, like, so much of your prep for, like, you know, I'm bring up Kevin Green here, do this there, but they've got to front load it and I get it. Because, they, because it, people are going to switch over. They want to get all in there for the first commercial You just want to say it as much as you possibly can throughout the entire show, just over and over and over mm. and over again because you never know when people are watching and when they're not and because, you know, you're trying to hype up this two-day thing you've got going on, which, you know, tomorrow night is Clash of the Old Champs. Mm. But then you think, like... This is where the disconnect is, is because, okay, if you've got all this stuff, that you all this information that you absolutely, absolutely have to do straight away, yeah. there and then, fine, do it. Do we need the bit with the parade of women and one of these women is woman as well? Do we need that? Or do you strip away all of the clutter around the match and then give the information? Because Are you suggesting we don't have a tunnel of women? I don't think... We, I, I'm not against the idea. You never fucking made it as a 90s booker, mate. <laughs> I think we discussed this last week when I said that I think Mongo should have headline WrestleMania 11. <laughs> but they go from Tunnel of Women to Nitro Girls eventually, and that's going to be very awkward for us to sit and watch in this day and age. So I'm excited. Enjoy these days. Enjoy the Tunnel of Women days because the, the, the Nitro Girls the, days are... Uh... The Tunnel of Women hey, days. Hey, it's half time. Let's have a dance break. Oh, God. <laughs> Just 
bombarding you with as much as they can. Oh, Christ. Savage attempts to bombard Flair with a topper of axe handle as they go to their first break of the night. It's really weird because they try, they're like, we're going to break, but they obviously hold off on the break. Yeah. But there's elements already in play, yeah. like the graphic, a sound the effect. already rolling and the sound effect's already there. And so they have to stop the sound effect. They pause the graphic. Because usually <laughs> the graphic's like the Nitro logo in silver kind of goes in or like fills the screen. Uh, but you've got that kind of like whoosh sound, but you kind of hear the build up to the whoosh and they're just like, you just fall or somebody's just slamming their hand on the vinyl, just like, or the tape or whatever. <laughs> and then once he misses the axe handle and crashes into the guardrail, then hard cut to break. Hard cut to break. <laughs> it's funny. Live telly. Flares on the offense when we come back. No, no, no. No, no. You're not just going to gloss over the WCW magazine advert. I was about to, but please. You fuck. I've got what? It's going to play in the commercial break of this podcast. So I didn't completely gloss over it. Look. Hit me with it. It was pure, unadulterated 90s advertisement gold. You start off with a nerdy kid, and he's like at his kitchen table or something, bored with some crap cereal. And then he (laughs) he opens up the WCW (laughs) magazine, and he's like, wow, oh my God. And then halfway through, like lightning turns him into Sting, but Sting still has, like Sting in his full red, white, and blue American shit with his, you know, blonde hair slicked back. Um, (laughs) Gonna take you to town in pink Cadillac. Still in the kid's voice, is like, wow, oh my God, all of his WCW action. And then it cuts to like loads of stuff of what's going to be in this month's issue. And then afterwards, it's adult Sting with ad- like the same Sting, you know, from we've just seen, but now he's got his adult voice. And he's just like, oh, I don't know how, I don't know where they get all their stories from or something crazy. And he just turns <laughs> back into the kid with the deep man voice and now all of Sting's makeup on. It, it's... <laughs> It's like a fever dream. So is it's like something I'd see after working too much and then drinking half a bottle of night nurse and sleeping for twenty hours. <laughs> <laughs> is Sting the kid? No, is the, the kid, the kid Sting. is power in, uh, in, imbued with the power of Sting, right? And therefore and becomes the Sting. It's not quite got to the point where kids have summoned Sting because it's like you know when you you say Bloody Mary in the mirror three times and she pops up. Same with Sting back mm. in the day. They had to kind of put a stop to it. Because, bad mirrors for a while. Because you, they'd summon him in for all these adverts and, and shit. But eventually he has enough of it and he does just wail on that kid for the game advert, beats the shit out of him in his living room and then leaves. <laughs> do you not remember that advert? I do! <laughs> Picks the kid up and the kid's having the time of his life just getting like slammed <laughs> across the room. He's like, yeah! <laughs> Support Throwing WCW everywhere. and Sting will come around and kick fuck out of Kicks you. Kicks the front door in. Even are not WCW- fucking summoning me one more time, you little shit. <laughs> Grabs him, hurls him through a door. Even WCW wrestlers hate you watching WCW. <laughs> Stop watching it! Piece of shit! It's, um, did you ever buy... That's the real reason he goes all moody and goth. He's like, I'm <laughs> sick of bringing joy to people's lives when they summon me to their, their houses. Thank God Scott Hall told me about the movie The Crow. <laughs> um, did you buy WCW magazine? Was it ever available over here? No, I, I was very lucky if I'd even be able to get a copy of Power Slam in our local uh... news agents. We, WWF magazine occasionally... But I think it was one of those ones where somebody had a sponsorship, but it was like a pickup sponsorship, so they didn't have to get it every month. Right. So there'd be like one copy if this person didn't go pick up their magazine, and you had to be quick. You right. had to be like super quick, because otherwise somebody else would get it. So, And even though you'd be like, hey, can you order this in? They'd be like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they did. Or you could subscribe for an exorbitant fee if you're a seven-year-old child and you don't have any money. <laughs> Send this check to Finn Martin. <laughs> <laughs> he won't cash it, I promise. 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow! This WCW magazine is really cool! In the February issue, you'll see exclusive photos of World War III, including Ric Flair and Sting's brutal conflict. And is it a family feud? I'm torn apart! Or something more? Find out! Plus, the Macho Man, Randy Savage, speaks out. That's right, Man! Where do they get this stuff? Get your copy now on newsstands everywhere. <laughs> WCW Magazine commercial ends. We come back. Uh, Flair on offense after the break. Uh, Sting, uh, oh, sorry, Savage uh, has a few flickers of hope with a backslide and a roll up here. And While then, we uh, get Bischoff going, Miss Elizabeth will be reunited with Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, <laughs> Rab, Rab, Randy Savage, but it sounds like he's going to say Macho Man, Rab, and Sabin. <laughs> and I quite like it. <laughs> Macho would, Man, Rab, and Sabin. Who would, what would Rab and Sabin look like? I don't know. John! Slightly more, I don't know, uh, Wolverine. Okay. Yeah. Bit like Wolverine. Make him look like a, like a, uh, like a lumberjack. A Wolverine lumberjack. There you go, John. There's your brief. Macho man, <laughs> Rab and Sabin. <laughs> he looks a bit like Wolverine and a lumberjack. <laughs> Have some fun with that. Uh, John's made a whole bunch of classic review characters on WB2K22, by the way. Oh, uh, if you, I think if you search John Eiley on... We'll get them downloaded. The, yeah, get those downloaded. Yeah. We'll put them in a rumble. Um... Flair on offense, as we say. Uh, Savage can't quite get back into them. The match nearly gets ended when Flair almost gets ejected from the ring for bending the rules. I Yeah, he almost gets ejected. There's a nice little back and forth with him and Randy Anderson where Flair mm. shoves him and commentary like, oh, mm. that's going to cost him. He's going to get fined for that. And then Anderson just shoves him back and Flair can't believe that he's been shoved back. He's just kind of like, do I flop off it? Do I not flop <laughs> off it? What am I doing? <laughs> and then Randy Anderson gets a fine. <laughs> So as <laughs> you this, touched Ric Flair. Yeah, you get loads more fineage. Arn Anderson heads to the ring to use Nux on Savage, but Savage moves, which means Flair, who was holding Savage, gets a pace dig instead. Here comes Hulk Hogan to save nobody from nobody. He attacks Arn Anderson. At this point, the bell starts ringing. So I was yeah. like, oh, this has been thrown out. That's bullshit. Yeah. Well, 
West there was there was outside influence. Yeah, the match should have ended there. The ref legally. Allowed. Now the ref even it's sort in of da rules. potentially intimates that that is what's going to happen. Yeah. But then Savage hits a diving elbow and pins, and the ref counts the three. Yeah. New world champion Randy Savage. Yeah. Two times. Two times in the opening match. In the opening match. Now I don't mind the world title match being the opening match. It's a way of popper. Uh, I think if you're a, not going to make an event, then open like jerking the curtain shouldn't be you know bad. Yeah. It's you know you're going out there first to to really stamp your mark on it. But I, I like the idea that the concept of people turning on Nitro and opening oh, holy shit world title match. But like, that's just cool. the idea where you've got uh, Hogan comes sorry Arn comes down with the brass knuckles to use against Savage, and then that all goes sideways when Hogan pulls Arn off the the apron, and then is it? Now here's the Who's thing. Well, yeah, is it revealed because the the Jerry has passed the knuckles to, or is that a later match? No, here's the no. Here's yeah. There's no. There's 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 another weapon involving the involving uh, involving a fist shaped weapon later on. Oh, but in hell. this one, twice in one night. Yeah, when you heart your heart. Jesus. When Christ. so what happens here is like right. Fuck off, Hogan, because you did fuck all, mate. Because Arn Anderson accidentally twats Flair. Yeah. And and then once that bit has gone down, and Arn's like, "Oh no, I hit Flair." Yeah. That's when Hogan turns up, takes him off the apron. So Hogan stopped nothing from happening. The bell is ringing. Savage is hit an elbow. Hogan's outside the ring fighting with Arn Anderson. Look how tandy is though, and how much the kids love him. <laughs> uh, yeah, they, they love it. And do you know what? They he need... doesn't have a bandaged up arm that's definitely not real. <laughs> and you finish with a fucking <laughs> diving elbow, the poor bastard. <laughs> Three count. Savage is the new world champion. Hulk Hogan, like a moth to a fucking flame. Straight on him. Straight on him. Straight on him. Does not leave within like the like if this was if this was a show during the COVID era, Hogan would have broke social distancing it's, with it's, Savage. It's at the point where you genuinely feel like Hogan's just about to say to him, "Just make sure I get that belt because it's going to be mine anyway." Yeah. Like, just he's always got to be in and around a touch in the gold. Or in or around that main event, but scene, only with somehow. Savage. It, it's well, Savage and him. They, they, you know, there's a complex history there. But it, it's just like fucking. Come on, man, just leave him alone. Let him alone. Yeah. Jesus Christ! It's like I, th I thought any minute now, Savage is gonna twat him. And it, I would have done. He does turn around to him because there's the the little mean Gene gets in the ring. Oh, Gene gets at the in. end of the, uh, the like the, that little bit that happens every time. So Gene gets in the ring, uh, does the usual questions, and then Savage. When uh, Hogan's kind of still, you know, celebrating and mugging off like the heels and stuff, Savage just says uh, something to the effect of, I won it. Don't embarrass yourself. You celebrating like you won it. Yeah. Uh, and then Hulk gets on the mic and he's like, well, you know something, brother. Eric said I'm getting it next. So just give me it now. And then Macho Man once again tells us that he's not Nick Bockwinkle. Uh, and then Hogan's getting roundly booed. Uh, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. And then he steals the oh yeah catchphrase, um, to which Randy's only retort is to turn around to Mean Gene and go, double oh yeah. And then point upwards. They're going to they're gonna have a world title match right here in Caesar's Palace. Yeah. But Hogan has to earn it first. By, you know, because as you, as you say. And how's he going to earn it? He has to beat people they're yeah. not they're very vague on that but he's got a match against the one-man gang tonight the united states champion so that'll be an uphill struggle me. for hogan that we can look forward to later on and as and mean gene in the center of the ring shouts about miss elizabeth and kevin green as randy savage tries to steal a little bit of time for himself and holds up his new world champion because he's the fucking 
fucking new world champion. But no, Miss Elizabeth and Kevin <laughs> Green next week. You just had a title change. F- fuck a doodle do. Why? Why does Savage get shafted so often by so many people? It's surreal, isn't it? It's awful. Genuinely I feel for surreal. him. But, you know, God we're love him. the taste of this shite out of our mouths. And we're going to move on to a lovely little match between Dean Malenko and Brian Pillman. But even then, like, like Savage has the chi- title and Mean Gene's going, Brian Pillman and Dean Malenko. Fuck, he's the champ. Let that be the final thought of the segment. Evidently, the company doesn't give a shit. They because, don't. Because, you know, he wouldn't be on first. And second... It, it, it just nothing about Savage screams anything anymore because he's always accompanied by Hogan, who is always reminding him that that belt's mine. <sighs> so the crowd are just being conditioned for another Hulk run that none of them fucking want, and they're and they boo booing. Hogan. But Hogan's every just time he talks through the booze now, yeah, it's just going on, and he don't just care. Pretended. It's like you know they they don't quite have the machine that makes the crowd go ah, whenever they want at this phase. Uh, so it's just like fucking come on it's so infuriating but yeah we just move straight on into you know a straightforward normal Nitro match after this showing you know fuck it because you can take that match off the card and put it anywhere Mm. uh, or replace it with any other match and yeah Randy wouldn't have the title but we know Hulk's getting it anyway yeah it's true it's true Dean Malenko versus Flying Brian Pittman as you say, Dean Malenko has just signed a two-year deal with WCW, so they're keen to keep Dino Machino on the books. Yeah, he's nice. fantastic. Good in-ring technician. Somebody that, uh, yeah, he's going to be very heavily associated with WCW in the future. Mm. Brian Pillman has his own remix of the Horseman music, which I'd never spotted before. Yeah. I really like. And we're getting into a more iconic look for Brian Pillman. Yeah. That short crop top shirt and the cane. The loose cannon really comes out in this match as well. If you're a cameraman in WCW, you watch out because he yeah. is going for all of them throughout this match <laughs> shouting at them pushing them over it's a really easy way to kind of emphasize you know Pillman's lost the plot yeah. by having something that breaks the fourth wall like that by what? having Pillman pushing cameramen away pushing cameramen he's you know screaming that he's a shooter while you know mimicking a pistol uh, and, you know like pinning somebody down mm. uh, and then like mugging off the crowd playing possum and jumping right back up giving like giving up his pin opportunities to kind of gloat and taunt mm. like it, it's all just starting to get polished up very nicely now they acknowledge Pillman's attitude adjustment as he continuously gets distracted by camera guys getting in his face I'm a shooter he screams as he rubs Milenko's face into the mat and I've got a full metal jacket nice little film <laughs> reference there uh, D Milenko takes advantage of a lot of the times when Pillman is being a loose cannon yeah. uh, and, and makes it technical once again. There's a there's a bit that wakes Malenko up as Pillman goes for a very lackadaisical cover, only gets a two, and then Pillman sticks the four fingers in his face and slaps him across. Yeah, That wakes Malenko up. We then get a leg takedown, a suplex, a neck breaker. Malenko getting back into this one until Pillman hits a wonderful Tornado DDT, which I thought was really nice. I felt like Malenko couldn't get going in this. I thought in that particular bit he did. He got yeah. a suplex, neck I breaker. Oh, yeah. I think that there were moments where it it worked and it took off. But I think largely that was the story of it, wasn't it? Like this wild, like, how do you work with somebody? How do you get somebody under control like that? And, you know, Malenko's offense is not, I don't want to say like slow and laboring, but it's a process Mm. being a technical wrestler. You've got to wear your opponent down. You need to have a strategy going into it. But how do you have a strategy for somebody that is completely wild? So it's you can almost see at the end he's a bit like, what do I do? Like shaken by it, not like to its core, but he's a bit like kind of like 
how do I get that guy under control? Like, I've not been in a ring with anyone like this before. Yeah. Despite the fact he hits a lung blower, a double underhook powerbomb, and nearly gets attacked from a late grapevine, he can't put Pillman away. The finish comes in a very unique way, where Dean Malenko... It's great, isn't it? Yeah. So Malenko's on the inside, and Pillman's on the outside. Uh, Pillman strikes Malenko, so he ends up falling backwards, and he gets his foot tangled between the second and the third rope. Yeah. So he's tied up, he's on the ground like a turtle on his back. But with the with literally the, doing this, yeah. Oh, dad, uh, help me, father, help! Uh, and uh, Pillman sees sees this. He covers Malenko in such a way where the ref can't see the entanglement of his yeah. foot and the ropes. So the ref counts the three as Malenko's tied up in the ropes. This is very just cool. Rolls out and cackles his way to the back as the referee realizes what's happened, and yeah. it's just yeah. It's because that's it. It's like, you know, you can prep all you like, but you can't prep for that. You can't prep for crazy. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> crazy like a fox. So. Crazy like a fox. Yeah. Um, so a decent match. Uh, this kind of brought me back a little bit. Yeah. A little bit of hope. A little bit of hope in this a one. glint of joy. So off we <laughs> so off we go to the never-ending bollocks that is Sting and Lex Luger. Or Harlem Heat versus Men Carsten is... <laughs> Men Carsten. Okay, so Men Carsten and Sex Luber, I decided to call him today. So <laughs> Sex Luber. Sex Luber. Sex Luber. Uh, he could have been the pre-Valvinus Valvinus. He, do you know what? I would have preferred Sex Luber to Lex Luger. <laughs> Sting's got new hair. Yeah. Thoughts? What of it? What Th- of it? Thoughts? Yeah. Concerns? No. I I prefer peroxide blonde. I, I prefer... Uh, Roasting anyway. Blondes so. have more fun. Just wait until we get past this surfer happy sting. We're I want to see painful listens to the Smiths sting. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're on the road now. We've, we've turned we've turned a corner. Uh, he's now a brunette instead of a peroxide blonde. Mongo, I love Mongo for this. I mean, and Mongo, we give a lot of shit to. Yeah, but. This was great because I like like this is so true and people should hammer this home more. Mongo puts over the fact that Harlem Heat, the World Tag Champions, yeah. it's a World Tag Title match. They have the edge because they're a more established team. Yeah, and that's and true. They've shed the dead weight of Sherry. He makes sure to get that in. You know, yeah. Like the, Sherry was really weighing them down with the whole Colonel thing. When they needed her, she'd never be there. Mm. Uh, and the thing with Mongo is, I think he's often put into like weird situations because he's he's quite new to it still. Uh, and at the same time, it's like he he fulfills that kind of weird color role, but doesn't. He kind of flits between, it mm. feels like he's never quite established. One match, he'll be sitting there kind of doing the cackling and, and you know, the, the more traditional color aspect. And then he'll also be the guy that's kind of going. And of course, you know, 40, 40 straight matches and no losses and all this stuff. Mm. So they, they tend to flit around a bit. And so often Mongo's left with just the kind of ha ha and, you know, the, just the, the crap bits on the end uh, and the, the kind of side commentary. But, yeah, you get these little moments where there's like flashing, like just give him a more defined role and yeah. he'd be perfect every week. He can, yeah, give him those key lines yeah. rather than, you know. Rather but his just... personality is more what, it, what it's about with Mongo, right? It's, mm. it's that kind of the, the positivity he exudes constantly, no matter what crap's in front of them week on week. Yeah. But I like the whole, I like the idea of it being about the fact that Harlem Heat are a tag team. Yeah. To, even if you're two top singles guys, yeah. you you have a fight on your hands against an, a top established tag team. Yeah. It shouldn't just be a case of the two top singles guys can beat a top tag team. Yeah. I you always hated that, when you that need happens. that psychology 
to be fed back to you because yeah. you're not, you know, unless you get really into wrestling, you're not going to sit there and learn about all of that and all of, you know, the how it's structured and everything. You need that stuff there just to kind of, yeah, you know, Harlem Heat are a team to be, you know, taken very seriously mm. and go from there. Exactly. I like that stuff. Uh, Luger gets a short beating for hot tagging to Sting. Uh, Booker uh, spots Sting getting some offense in, go, and Sting going for a scorpion deathlock on Stevie Ray. He counters with a gorgeous axe kick. That was nice. Booker T's just the guy. He's, <laughs> he's ready to go. He's not like Mr. B. It, it's surreal. Like, go back and watch it, and it's just like, shit, like he's still doing that. And it's still just like I thought. Nothing. I thought you said then, he's not like Mr. Bean. No. <laughs> He's just not like <laughs> Mr. Bean. Oh, hello. There's, there's no farcical comedy in any of his hello, matches. Hello, hello, Stevie. Uh, but it's it's like, yeah, like his style is his style is his style. Like nobody can be Booker T. And that's, I think, it, it, you know, of course, it's the mark of a fantastic wrestler. But like down to the way kicks are delivered, the way he moves everything. It's just, could you imagine having Booker T on your hands? Running a wrestling he company. wouldn't fit, mine a tiny. And this time, though, having Harlem Heat as a team. Man. Oh Christ! Incredible. With with a, like up against anybody. Yeah, but he's just he's just he's all, like he's so good. Yeah, and like and and Stevie's there. But, no, Steve, <laughs> but Stevie in the tag capacity works so well. Yeah, as a tag, yeah, there's 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 work to be there. But like it's with Booker T. Did you see his comeback at Reality Wrestling? I've seen uh, little clips of it, but I'm not. Yeah, he's great. He's still clap 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 clap. You've still got it. Yeah. He looks amazing. Looks like he hasn't aged. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's like made of like you know, granite. Just a regimented person. Yeah, like it, it's crazy. Isn't it? Committed to the bit, absolutely. Booker. So after this, after Booker's axe kick, Sting gets a shooing for a long time. He avoids yeah. a Harlem hangover and hot tags Luger, but the ref doesn't see it. And from here, this is it. This is the one I was thinking of because why would you just have one brass knuckle spot on the show when you can have a slightly different brass knuckle <laughs> spot on the show? As Jimmy Hart, who they acknowledged on commentary, is not allowed at ringside for this match because you know his, because Luger's relationship with Jimmy Hart is only for certain matches. And why are we still doing really nuanced storylines with with the with the wrestling acting to, equivalent this of all Margarine? Stems back to before World War Three, right? In like, what was that? October. Uh. Uh, so, it, like, I'm sure there was heading into that. We still had, you know, Luger popping up, putting somebody in like a hold, and then Sting would run out and be like, "Lexi, what are you doing? Stop it!" And then, you know, like Sting would get into a bit of a situation, and Lex would come out, and then Lex would just start appearing with heels, and then you had just the insistence. Of, oh, I'll get into it all in a minute. <laughs> let's 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 crack on. But, Explain what happens. No, okay, so. <laughs> Because I'm thinking on this. I think I'm with you. We'll, we'll touch on it in a second. Yeah. Uh, so as he's complaining that the tag, the ref didn't see the tag, here comes Jimmy Hart. Lex is perplexed until Jimmy gives him some kind of weapon behind the ref's back. When Luger finally makes the hot tag, he clocks Booker with said weapon. It explodes on impact. It's a fistful of coins. It's literally a fistful of dollars. A fistful of dollars. Yeah, it's silver dollars. Ah! <laughs> Just like that, Luger gets the three. He and Sting are WCW World Tag Team Champions, and Sting has no idea there were dirty shenanigans involved. He's just like, yay! <laughs> so there's a line here, and it's uh, <laughs> pretty it. early in the match. And yeah, they fucking they crossed <laughs> it. They crossed it about seven months ago, and they haven't stopped full flat on the autobahn. Uh, 
the line was, I think from Bischoff, but every time, or it might be Mongo, every time Sting steps in, he's got to wonder if he's got a friend in his corner or an enemy in his corner. And it would be the case if any of the build-up had really stuck beyond Hogan and Savage insisting that Luger is evil and out to get your Stenger. Because um, that's it. They mm. just keep popping up and it's like, he's bad. Okay. And... What do you mean you do, do about anything it? with it? Because I've not done fucking anything with it so far. He just kind of does what he wants and stings his mate. Uh, the confusion largely stems for me from odd angles with Luger that were less mysterious in their nature and more just generally confusing. So you've got the whole whose side are you on thing still with him. But I mean, Christ, like the megaphone last week. It's like, was that supposed to be quite as, oh, did he mean to do it? Or was mm. that meant to be more like, a, oh, he did it. Like, yeah. And he accidentally hits Sting and it's it's weird. So there is that element there, but you don't need to hammer it home quite this heavily. And because there's so many things going on leading into this and how it's evolved and everything's changed, now we've got the Legion of Doom off with the Horsemen and they were feuding and now they're together. And Luger's just been passed around this entire time. But it just makes Sting look like a fucking moron. Mm. Because surely Sting would be like, what the fuck's going on? Like, why were you doing that? Why would like way back when he had a guy in a camel clutch or whatever it was? Why wouldn't you let go of him? And it like the week after that it was like, well, I'm not really sure what's going on with Lex, but we're on the same side tonight, brother. Is this the longest term storytelling in history? Uh, but you know, drawing it out for months on end really hampered any excitement around it as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and it feels like Luger was almost set to be maybe pushed up a level. Like maybe not like you know there wasn't anything major storyline wise, but it just feels like. He's being kept in this bullshit limbo. They don't really know what to do with him. And it's it's just the payoff's going to be shit now no matter what because it's going to go one of two ways. And either we'll all boo Luger or we'll all cheer Sting. And it, those are the default things anyway if he's set to be a heel. Mm. Uh, but it, it's just like it does fuck all for Sting and double barrel buckshot fuck all for Luger because it makes Luger look even worse and even more incompetent and like he has to cheat to win and he's not quite sure what his next move's going to be and you've already got a much better loose cannon in Brian Pillman and Lex is just still sat there he's a body guy get him a fucking mouthpiece and get him out there this is it this is a like, uh, this is the one thing that we've come back to a few times this is a storyline that is way above Lex Luger's pay grade yeah, but why is he taking the silver dollars and then I get, get a shitty victory and he's managed to convince Sting he's his friend okay we need to see Luger do more nefarious things and get away with it then mm. we need to see him do stuff while Sting's distracted or Sting isn't in the building or Sting is you know out injured and he can't watch Nitro this week like there needs to be more with Luger really sticking it to the fans that he's bad and Sting is convinced he's good if that's the route you're going to go. Or is this just Randy and Hulk like getting in Sting's head a bit because they have genuine concern for him or whatever and Luger's just kind of lost a sense of himself there's no explanation there's no nothing it just kind of comes out week by week with the same fucking promo and and with anybody and Lex, else like as much as this is going to sound ridiculous lex deserves a lot fucking better he i, I don't think he deserves better i think he deserves different this is i, I just mean in terms of like his storyline should be more simple should be more yes. straightforward he should have a mouthpiece and get out there and maybe learn a few more power moves fucking do it because that's what it boils down to eventually mm. when he joins one of the many hordes of the nwo a few times and it's just like Right, that's fine, because then Lex is just expected to be the big body guy. A lot easier from that point. Hell of a lot easier. <laughs> and that's fine to do. Yeah. This storyline is too nuanced for Lex Luger. If, okay, Pil what Pillman's it's doing now... It's too nuanced for the fucking writers, it's that, first that, and foremost. I mean, like, give something like this to Pillman. Yeah. P 
Pillman would have been able to tell you the facially story facially. without saying a word. And that's the big thing, I yeah. think, is the issue, is that he's a body guy, but the face isn't telling me anything. Yeah. And and not in a way of like, oh, which side is he on? In a way that I don't even think Lex knows what's going on. Yeah, Lex comes across as a fucking can, idiot. You can tell he's kind of stood there going, did I take my pre-workout earlier? What time am I going to get back mm. to the hotel? It just feels like he's just sort of... <laughs> Glazed. Not present. But at the same time, I guess, you know, if you come into the company for, you know, to just get away from your current situation on much less money and you're wanting to keep your head down as, as you know, that tends to be the belief around this time with Lex. It was like, okay, I'll come in, less money. That's going to be shit anyway for less money. But two, you're just going to kind of agree to do whatever mm. they want you to do. So surely some of the blame's got to rest with them and how convoluted this booking is and how yeah. terribly it's written. There should be somebody taking Lex to one side and going, look, this is because the story we're trying to tell. Here's some things that you can be doing Lex, to help us tell Lex that story. genuinely, NWA Lex, phenomenal. Yes. WWF Lex kind of falls on its ass. I mean, very I think, I mean, I mean the, yeah, the, the Lex Express, I'll be your yeah. hero stuff did. Yeah. But then, like, Narcissus with Bobby yeah, Heenan that was as the great, manager. But again, body guy, body mouthpiece. guy, mouthpiece. As and you said. It, it's like, I don't know. It's, you bring him back in, and I, I think he just needs something more straightforward. This is buying a cow for milk, but instead asking them to do a jigsaw. Yeah. <laughs> no, and that's no disrespect to their ability to do a jigsaw. But yeah. They can't do a jigsaw. Yeah. And Luger shouldn't be doing a jigsaw. Either way, they are, and they'll continue to tell this weird old story. <laughs> Sting, mate, watch Nitro. You'll get the full yeah, you'd picture. Think that, like he'd be watching the tapes. You think they don't? Yeah. They Instead, don't. him and Lex just go back to the hotel, do a bit of a workout, hang out by the pool, hop in the rent a car, and then on to the next town, brother, brother. Do you reckon this thing <laughs> might go, oh, hey, Nitro's on a repeat? And Lex's like, no, don't watch it, Lex don't watch just it. just like, pull Let's... in here, I need to use the, the bathroom. And he gets out the car <laughs> with a shotgun and like a bag with a big dollar <laughs> sign on it. And he pulls down a mask. I'm just nipping to the loo and Sting's just like listening to Bon Jovi, just like, yeah. <laughs> and then leans out and he's like, can you get me a Snickers while you're in there? Yes, yeah, sure, buddy. And then you just hear like, ba-boom, ba-boom. And then somebody comes running out, loads of smashed glass, and then halfway to the car, oh, shit, runs back, grabs a Snickers, <laughs> throws it in. Boys, <laughs> all the bad stuff on the back seat and stings like, you good to go, man, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> just cracks on. Cheers for the Snickers. <laughs> That's really kind of you. Main event. I've got a bet for you. I've got a wager. Go on. Right. So the main event of this show is <laughs> uh, Hulk Hogan, of course. Versus the one-man gang. The WCW United States champion, the one-man gang. Now, now, they promised us two world titles, so it's the World United States Championship or something. No, no, they, no, they get around that. I will defend them on that. <laughs> they said the world title and the world tag team titles. Oh, uh, okay. I, I'm, I'm all for calling out WCW bullshit, but I will give them that. <laughs> the Lex Luger stuff's still bollocks, though. So, Hogan, well, gang makes his entrance, Hogan makes his entrance, and when we get to the ring... There's about 10 minutes and four seconds left on the show. Mm -hmm. Right? As we know, every Hulk Hogan match has to end with about five minutes of incoherent run-in bullshit and promo work mm -hmm. and posing. How long... This feels like a maths exam. How many watermelons could Randy Savage feasibly <laughs> get up the stairs in the time it takes Hulk Hogan? The to train leaves at 8.30. <laughs> The other train from the other side leaves at 9.42. Who How will reach the crossroads first? How long is this match? So, five minutes of bullshine. I didn't time ten minutes it, so left this is news on, to me. Ten minutes left on the show, the second that Hogan gets in that ring and the bell rings. I'm going to guess... So, bell to bell. From bell to bell. I'm going to guess three minutes and 19 seconds. An absolute guess. Three minutes and 19 seconds. Three minutes 
One second. Oh, I gave them 18 seconds too long. And fuck me. Like, I know one man gangs on the downswing, but let's just get into it. Yeah, all right. Okay. <laughs> gang gang dominates for a bit. He hits a splash on Ho wait, no fuck. Hogan's back up. Punch, punch, bootleg drop. Hogan wins. Yeah. That's so, it. If the this was all Hulk and it was a lightning fast stop through like 80s Hulk Hogan matches. Mm. It was, you know, tiniest little bit of offense from the heel. One big heel move to kind of go, oh no, what's Hogan gonna? And then before fucking gangs even back up off his knees, Hogan's up, Hulk's up while on his feet and then proceeds to, you know, leg drop, slam, leg drop, win. Uh, but like... As I said, I know Gang is on the downswing here, pretty big, but... It's a big fuck you to New Japan. Size of the fucking guy. It is a fuck you to New Japan, but the size <laughs> of the fucking guy. Yeah. Gang, like... Again, he's not somebody that I'm saying could be, like, you know, a world champion at this level, like, at this stage in his career or no. anything else like that. Like, US Championship's great for somebody like Gang. So why the fuck would you have Hogan rail, like railroad him for three minutes? I know it's Hogan, and I know that the shows go on for a set amount of time, and there's only X, Y, and Z. You know, there's all these things you've got to worry about. But Gang gets in maybe three or four strikes and a splash. That's it. Mm. There's a couple of moments where uh, Hogan is just poking his eyes or, like, kind of uh, biting at him, and Gang is just swinging blindly at the air which again works in the 1980s works in the comic book era cuz like <laughs> the heel look at him uh but you'd think that you would have at least some element of that match make gang look fucking strong you would just think that there'd be something that rocked hogan a little bit that would lead to a more realistic hulk up because then in defeat gang can still be the guy who you know rocked hogan a little bit and they can carry that tiniest little bit of momentum from that one thing mm. or that maybe one minute or so of the match before the hulk up they could have carried that through into like a maybe all right mid card threatening heel roll for him but he's already lumped in with a load of shite anyway and it, it's just like fuck me like brother 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 how can't you just like why wouldn't it be a case of you know gang getting is gang like halfway out the door not that I know of. Like, because that's the only thing in my head. I was like, well, if he's going, then I'd get it because it's just quick, done, get the belt off him. Or well, grand. But, like, it's just the fact that there's not really anything. And it's not even Gang a title comes match. out of it looking like a, a, like a background comic book character from, like, the Street Fighter comics who's just like, <laughs> you'll never beat me, and then gets, like, one punch KO'd. Like, and then next week he'll be doing the same, <laughs> you'll never beat me. And it's like, just... Jesus Christ, make him look mm. at least a little bit strong so you can put him in there, turn him against Ed Leslie or something, and have him leave the dungeon and give them a feud. I fuck me, I'd take that over <laughs> watching him get absolutely railroaded by just oh, an old man. Let's... <laughs> I can't help but think this is some kind of placating of Hulk Hogan because... He gets the Randy fucking Savage. main event because yes. Randy gets the belt. Randy gets the world title. Okay, fucking Hogan, we'll put Flair you in the main event. Savage to open your show, and you've got Hogan versus one man gang in the main event slot. And yeah, I know it's going to lead to a bit of a fucking stare down. And Savage comes out, and you've got the belt and all that anyway. And it just fuck me. So they've been doing this little thing in the Dungeon of Doom, in the Tunnel of Doom, <laughs> the Tunnel of Doom, where Zodiac has been. Holding back the giant from attacking no, Hogan. No, no, friend. No, no, friend. Jet ski, scissors. 
Scissors. Brutus. Uh, <laughs> so... In the, in the idea that maybe, like, maybe Zodiac is, is going back to his old friend. So why is Zodiac the first person to run out and attack Hogan here? Because he's the only one who can be trusted to not actually want to punch him in the fucking mouth, is uh, what I was thinking. <laughs> is that what everybody else just wanted to probably Legit, attack Because they'll just be like, oh my god, you sold him so well, Hulkster. Uh, you know, just kind of like giving them the thumbs up after the match. Whereas I think everybody else would just be like, bah! Just <laughs> lay it in. Him. <laughs> Hogan uh, batters Zodiac Get and out of Benoit. Main event scene. Here comes the Dungeon of Doom. Here so, comes hold the on, hold on. The Tunnel of Horses. Can we give them their proper Sorry, fucking here name? Here come the Tunnel of Horses. Here come the Tunnel of <laughs> the Tunnel of Dungeons. Um, <laughs> flare out there in a t-shirt because he didn't fucking lose the world title earlier. Here he is amongst amongst the collective arseholes to who can't fathom. Knocking Hogan off his feet. Even the giant going, Oh, I could smell you, Hogan. Savage is in the ring. The world champion is in the ring. And everyone's going, Oh, Hogan, I'll get you. Get to fuck. The, the, Why are the we final, so harsh to Savage? The final call off on this show is essentially get ready and get hyped for fucking Clash, you massive walking wallet. <laughs> Like, it's it's terrible. It's just, oh, Christ. You've got just so much going on. But the thing is, as a kid watching this, losing my fucking mind. It's amazing. But the second you actually stop to look at it, it's like, hold on. Yes. What the fuck? No, 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 no. Randy didn't get to pose. Randy didn't get to do much. He got to talk down to Hogan a little bit. But Hogan, with his, with his hurt fifis, he gets to go on the main event without, you know, wins the, oh, my God. We end on a Savage and Hogan promo. Hogan's going to do... Hogan's do everything that he can to become number one contender so he can challenge Savage. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, everything. Before that, though, they've got Flair and Giant with Kevin Green and Miss Elizabeth in their corner. Savage says, the Giant and Nature Boy are meat. Yeah, not dead meat, just meat. (laughs) You're meat. And to which I say... Yeah, I'm they are. I'm going to put you in the fridge and forget about you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, final hype for Clash tomorrow night. Don't forget, Kevin Green, Miss Elizabeth, Hulk Hogan, and Randy Savage in that order. Sick. Um, Bye, you walking wallet. See you tomorrow. It's a free show. Bye. Oh, it's a free show. Clash Tune free. in, you walking wallet. Because remember, they were, they were yeah, pushing the fact the that, thing. hey, Rumble, you got to pay for. <laughs> buy, don't buy our shit. <laughs> If you meet a wrestler, you've got to pay money. You can stay for free and watch Hogan batter the one man. We have we have a very powerful TV network that'll fire anybody that leaves. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well done, Hogan. Last bit of the night belongs to you (laughs) and your mate. Now there was one point. I think the last word was savage. He went, oh, yeah. And I think Hogan kind of motioned to go back to the microphone, then went, actually, no. I'll yeah. give him that little bit of a bread. Oh, nice. No, so selfless. What a selfless, fantastic. Brick. In, the thing is, like, Hogan is walking blindly into this. Like, what's to come? Oh, his eyes are wide open. No, no, no. But he's walking blindly into what's to come. Right. But this entire period is doing wonders for that inevitable heel turn mm. because people just want to see him gone. People are fucking sick of him. Like, already. We've got half a year to go yet. (laughs) And it's just like, people are already sick of him. It's all building and building. And then, geniusly, it just flips. Mm -hmm. And Mm. all of a sudden, we're not going to be able to get enough of him. 
once, but it, once he leans into it it's I think just it's, like this initial period of like what are you doing is your writer's room all sea lions like how is this all working what the hell <laughs> Is your writer's room all... I think it might be all yeah. sea lions. I just... I don't get it. I get it. It's just Hogan's playground. It's just like Hogan was, I want to be the top guy, brother, 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 brother. Yeah, but... You give Savage the belt, but I want the main event. I figured that a TV network would be able to literally print off hard numbers to him and go, not fucking happening. And I get that he'd go, oh, well, I'll leave, brother. What's Vince going to do? Take him back mm. after just running him into the ground? No, because what Hogan always did... Well, he wants to go become a Hollywood star, but... That never really works. But, for him. but Hogan is always able to very much manipulate the figures to go, well, that's not my fault. It's XYZ fault. It's because you've got Savage as champion, not Yeah, me. but I think if you had audible people booing and then just surveyed them and went, everybody yeah. fucking hates you. There'll always be a reason. You're getting a pay cut or go on holiday for a year. There's your options. Brother, brother, brother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we won't see that. Sadly, we won't see that. But we will have Clash of the Champions next week, which we'll talk about next time hey, we are together. He's a fucking Hulkster mobile in 94, man. Come on. <laughs> and he's got a monster truck. <laughs> the brilliant... <laughs> Killer Kelly is my guest on Desert Island Graps this week. That dropped yesterday. Uh, she signed with Impact two years ago. Then the world caught fire. And then she had visa issues. So she spent the first two years of her Impact contract stuck in Portugal. Jesus. Nightmare of a time. Imagine Portugal was very nice. Oh, yeah. But yeah. I, I imagine raring to go now. Desperate yeah. to go. We, we talk about her, her, her life and times. Her dad is a former F1 driver. Man. Her mum is a former Miss Portugal. Man. Yeah. Man. Uh, we talk all about her growing up in Portugal. We talk about her NXT. UK run and why she left. Mm -hmm. uh, we talk about sort of how she sort of dealt with the mental health. She's very open about that. She talked about being diagnosed with ADHD yeah. very recently. And she's so she's coming to terms with that. And she, she's very open about everything. We talked about two hours, me and Killer Kelly. So you can hear that on the podcast feed right now. Uh, anything you're working on that you can spill the beans on? Probably, but I, 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 mm, you're always not quite yet. I don't know stuff. when things are coming out. So right. that's the thing. It's like I've got a. A lot of secret stuff happening. The secret A lot things. of secret projects. But when the secrets can be revealed. Well, like the Black Ops. Well, like, like American <laughs> slice of the American budget. It's like it's just $30 trillion a year. Where's that going? Don't worry about it. Black Ops. Just disappears down a tube. Yeah. And, and all of a sudden things happen. Yeah. <laughs> That's all we know. Uh, if you want to be involved in the show, if you've uh, notes, observations, questions, whatever, classic at coldaholic.com is how you do that. Yeah. Uh, also, he is at the Sam Driver on Twitter. I'm at Tom Campbell on Twitter. Together, we are at Coldaholic on Twitter. Don't forget to do it. Brother, 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 brother. I want to show the title, brother. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 